Well, it's Kelly's birthday today. <laughs> and you know what that means, don't you? On a one and a two and a three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Kelly. Happy birthday to you. And I'm in trouble. Okay. Heavenly minded. Boy, if there's ever a time that we need to be heavenly minded, it's in this day and age. Because if we're earthly minded, we're going to get trudged under with the world. We don't want to do that. We want to be heavenly minded. We want to have our thoughts higher than the world's thoughts. And it was interesting today because the atmosphere, I dare you sometime when you're mad to start talking about how thankful you are for things. Because you don't stay mad for long. I dare you sometime, if you have ought against somebody, if you're mad at somebody or they're mad at you, I dare you to start praying for them. And I guarantee you one thing, you're not going to stay in unforgiveness long. The mind is the battlefield. We have this brain between our ears, and it is a product, before we're saved, of a lot of different experiences, whether good, bad, ugly, you know. We arrive into this kingdom, and we have all of these preset mind things going on. You heard from Sherry, let's think higher. God is higher. Let's think higher about things. So before we're saved, our minds become an accumulation of all of our life experiences, the good, the bad, the ugly. We pick up all kinds of habits, desires, thought patterns. Now listen to this. I want you to get this now. Some are handed down through iniquity. That's like blood stuff. That's bloodline stuff. And others can be handed down socially. You just learn them. You learn them from your friend group. You learn them from someone that you're associated with. You learn them from a family member. But I remember when I was saved, my mind was a disaster. And I want you to understand something. I am not just talking about this. I'm not just giving you scripture. I'm not just up here blabbering. I'm here to tell you that I reconstructed my mind. I renewed my mind. I changed my mind through the word of God. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt it works. I saw many therapists. I saw many psychologists. I went through the medications. At one point I was on 200 milligrams of psychotropic medication, which that's way too much. It's about four times as much as a normal person would be on. But I was trying to numb myself. I had so much stuff going on in my mind. So many things, depressed, anxious, panicked. Just my mind was just a just a garbage pail. And I remember reading some things about renewing your mind in the Bible, and I was like, man, I need that. And I remember picking up books. One of them was a Joyce Meyer book called The Battlefield of the Mind. Another one was a book by Casey Treat called Renewing the Mind. And I remember just eating those words, you know. And when I was in bondage mentally, There was times when I would be in the Word and I would be reading these different books or whatnot and I would get a glimmer of hope. And I knew that I had found something. 
I knew that I had found a key that was going to open up doors of freedom in my mind because I had tried everything else. Sometimes I look back on my life and, you know, I was accumulation my, where, I, where I ended up at was a lot of bad choices. But you know what? I ended up in a really bad place. But with Jesus, I've been set free from every chain that bound me mentally in those times. And I listen, I, I, sometimes I sit back and I wonder, God, did you, did you just know all this was going to happen? Did I go that deep in with you, dig my way out into freedom so that I can literally look at somebody that is in a really, really horrible, dark place and go, there's freedom for you. Because I know, because I experienced it and I made my way out of it. And you know what? When it says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, there was lots of days of fears and fear and trembling. There was lots of times where I took a step forward and I took two steps back, but I, I did not quit. I kept on getting into the word and this light would just shine brighter and it would shine brighter and shine brighter and shine brighter till I was no longer on the defensive anymore. I started to become on the offensive. I started to be on the offensive in the kingdom of God and not constantly trying to fight this mental battle all the time. God flipped the script in my life to where now I came into this thing called self-control. And I'll never forget the day that I got a grip on what self-control was. That I'm in control of me. I'm in control of my mind. There are so many days, so many weeks, months, and years that I was subject to what was going on in my own mind. I just did what was in my mind. If I desired something, I would go do it. If I had a craving, I would go do it. If I wanted to say something, I would say it. And I was just a rebel <laughs> mentally. And I, when the Holy Spirit moved into my life, I always think about this. Like, I feel like when he moved into me, he was like, we got work to do. <laughs> You know, he moved into this house, came in and was like, we got work to do. And that work started when I was 25 years old and I'm 53. And it's still, listen to me, this is what we have to understand about this walk. I am still daily getting another layer taken off, getting another onion peel taken off, getting another revelation, getting a, but I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that day by day by day, as the days accumulate, I'm walking in more freedom daily. And that's an encouragement to some of you in here today that may be in a really bad place mentally and bad place in your mind. I just think it's awesome how God does that show and tell stuff. And today this atmosphere was one of thanksgiving. And we were speaking things and we were saying things and there was an atmosphere of peace in here. And when I was standing back there, I really felt like before that started, the Lord was saying, get ready for some radical conversions. People that in your life that seem so lost, so gone, even, even in here today, that if you have somebody that is so, you just think about them and you just think, I have prayed and I have prayed and I have prayed. They are so far gone. I, I don't, I'm tired of praying. I just, I want you to get ready for these people to be delivered. Yeah. Because listen yeah. to me, well, this is what happens. When the enemy comes in and he comes in with these attacks and he comes in with this force, God always raises up a standard against him. Yeah. And there's something about when the people of God start to get attacked at, at, at higher levels, that this thing called grace comes into play, this great grace comes into play, and this great grace will bring healing to every part of you, your body, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your spirit, the whole thing. Do you know what the Bible says? 
Paul was praying and he said, I pray that your body, soul, your mind, your spirit be saved, be, come to this place of being blameless at the coming of the Lord. Get ready for radical conversions. I'm talking about men, mental, radical conversions in the mind, radical conversions in the body, radical, 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 radical. Listen, when the devil comes in with radical things, God has another side of spiritual radical. Yeah. When I was sitting back there and I was thinking about that man in the gatherings that Jesus crossed the sea and this guy had so many devils, so many de demons. It literally says he had a legion, which is, I think, in the biblically, I think it's 2,000. It was a term of soldiers, 2,000 demons in them. And they chained this guy and they, they, they had him in cuffs and they had him in chains and they couldn't hold him back. The demonic power was so strong that literally... He broke the chains. It says they couldn't, the word was they couldn't tame him. They couldn't tame him. He was so wild they couldn't tame him. And Jesus came up on him. Literally, hey, listen to this too. Do you know that, 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 uh, that man was cutting himself? Listen, the devil does some stuff to people that God is going to raise up a standard and it's no more. No more self-mutilation. No more cutting. No more thoughts of suicide. No more depression, no more anxiety. There is a reason why Jesus said, pray like this, pray. What's going on in heaven, bring it to earth. What's going on in heaven, bring it to earth. When you have heaven in your mind, listen to me, when you have heaven in your mind, there is no room for anxiety, there is no room for sickness, there is no room for infirmity, there is no room for dis-ease, there's no room for a lack of peace, there's no room for it. Heavenly minded heavenly minded God let what's going on in heavenly places right now you said we are seated with Christ in heavenly places let those things become a reality in our minds and our bodies but we have these habits and desires and these things pre-Christ and the Holy Spirit comes in and he says let's go <laughs> let's start studying let's start searching let's start let's Literally, the, the man, Jesus comes up to the man, and the demons speak out of him and says, why have you come to torment us? That's offense. When Jesus comes up to the demon-possessed man, he's coming on the offense. He's not coming on defense. He has all the power and authority to come up to that man possessed with 2,000 demons. And you know what it says in the end? It says he was sitting clothed yeah. in his right mine so I don't know if you're in here today how far gone your mind is or who you're praying for how far their mind's gone but if he can come to that man that has 2,000 demons and minutes later that person can be sitting there clothed in their right mind you know why it says he was clothed because he was naked before that <laughs> they chained him and he didn't have any clothes on for goodness sakes is that could how far gone can a person get is that pretty far but Jesus can come up and speak a word of life to him and he can come back into his right mind and it says the whole region was astonished by this happening because they saw that dude day in and day out cutting himself chained I mean you want to talk about anxiety and, and, and panic attack <laughs> this dude was full of all of that and Jesus came with the word and he basically set him free and we sang this song today my chains are gone 
I've been set free. My prayer for all of you in here is that's not just a bunch of words on a page, but those words go into your heart and it becomes a reality and becomes, becomes a manifestation. He never gave us the Bible just to read it. He gave us the Bible to experience it. <laughs> oh, boy. Jesus came to free us from destructive mindsets. Sometimes we don't even know that. Remember Joyce Meyer saying, think about what you're thinking about. Sometimes we don't even know. There's the reason why it's called deception. When people walk in deception, what does that mean? They don't know. <laughs> But my, my prayer and what the Holy Spirit did in my life is he just constantly kept shining a light on areas that I needed to deal with. But I had to be obedient and I had to deal with them. I had to, I had to go with the plan. I had, to, I had to come on board and go with the plan. But he's come to set us free from mind stuff. <laughs> Your chains are gone. We sang it. We sang my chains are gone. But our mind is the battlefield, and Jesus won the battle. Radical conversions. Radical conversions. Get ready. Get ready. So in Colossians, in chapter 1 and verse 13, it says this. <laughs> you want to talk about a radical scripture? He has delivered us from the power of darkness, and he has conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. The word conveyed literally means he's removed us from one place to another. And I always emphasize that, that this thing is not, he didn't refurbish us. He literally said, I have made you a new creature in Christ Jesus. Behold, all things are new, old things are passed away. And I, the Holy Spirit comes in as the teacher, and God gives us these positional truths. And the Holy Spirit comes in the teacher, and he act, the Holy Spirit actually begins to explain and help us understand this. Because you know how you get set free? Listen to this. Through revelation. Through revelation. The Holy Spirit will take a layer off, and you'll see this, and you'll say, ah, that's it. The Holy Spirit will show you what real peace is, and you grab onto it. It actually becomes something that someone can't take away from you because we all know the world just wants to take your peace, <laughs> wants to take everything from you. The world, the world wants to chew us up and spit us out. Literally, the Bible calls the enemy, calls Beelzebub, calls the devil, calls Lucifer, the prince of the power of the air, the god of this age. He literally runs the systems of the world. You know, he took Jesus up and he said, listen, all these kingdoms are mine and all this power is mine and I can give it to you if you want. If you bow down to me, I'll give it to you. And we say, we see day in and day out people living in that world, unsaved people, bowing to the devil, bowing to Satan and Satan's, and they say, I want your kingdom, give me it all. And Satan goes, okay, here you go. And it ends up in death every time. It ends up in death every time. But he wanted him, the devil wanted Jesus to worship him. And Jesus said, I'm not going to worship you. Oh man, there's so many things that happened in that desert where Jesus came with the word of God, came with the scripture, and just shut down the plan of the enemy. Shut him down. And we do the same thing. We shut him down. 
with scripture. We're on the offensive and not the defensive. Forward, moving forward. The kingdom of violence suffers, suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Boy, you all have a sword in your hand called the word of God and it will cut the head off the enemy the same way David took that stone and slew it at Goliath. It hit him in the forehead and he came up and he took his own sword and cut off his head. Victory. I'm telling you, victory is ours. Victory is yours. Victory belongs to the church. And there's sometimes we walk through these days and we, it looks like God is content at fighting a losing game, but it's not going to end that way. Right. It's not going to end that way. That's why he says, don't go through natural, don't go by natural sight. Don't go by natural hearing. Don't go by these natural senses. Go by something higher. Go by the supernatural, the above the natural what the second Adam brought that the first Adam couldn't do. Ah, battlefields of the mind. Conveyed, removed from one place to another. We have switched kingdoms. <laughs> Imagine it naturally if, if all of a sudden you just got picked up in the United States and you got put into another kingdom in this world. Everything would change. Everything would be different. The language is different. The dress is different. The culture is different. Everything's different. And that's the same thing that happened with us when we got removed from darkness and brought into light. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit begins to teach us the kingdom, the principles, the ways of God. And he says, if you'll operate in this, you can have peace every single minute of every single day if you operate in this. That's why it's so important to be in, the, in this word and opening up another door. We have this at our disposal. Sometimes it just sits on nightstands and sits in our, by, our, by our bed and sits in, it sits in hotels. It sits, but this is the key to freedom. Yeah. This word is the key to freedom. And like I said, I tried everything else. I tried everything else. But we have switched kingdoms. I can't overemphasize this is a big deal and it's a big change. Heaven's agenda is much different than earth's agenda. So when we come out of the earth's agenda, the Holy Spirit starts to teach us what heavenly agenda is. What is the agenda of heaven? And he begins to teach us these things. That's why Jesus taught him how to pray. Luke 11, 1 through 2, he ends up saying, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will. Because when we were in the old kingdom, guess what we did? We did everything according to our own will. And where did that leave us? In a bad, bad place. Hey, that's one thing every, everybody has in here in common, is we ended up in a bad, bad place. And we cried out for a Savior. And if you're in here, and you're in that place where you're in a bad place, guess what? You can do what 95% what of us have done in here. We called on the name of Jesus. Yes. He came in. The Holy Spirit came in, became our teacher. And here we are, saved, sanctified, redeemed, born again, set free. Your kingdom come. <laughs> Your will be done. And that's where this natural side of us, this fleshly side of us, rises up and says, no, 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 no. Remember the old ways. Remember the old habits. Remember the old cravings. Remember, and that flesh is the, play, the, devil, the devil's playground, and he sits in that playground, and he constantly calls you to come back. 
It's the same thing when the Israelites got set free, crossed the Red Sea, completely delivered, and what did they start saying? In Egypt, at least we had onions. In Egypt, at least we had fruit. In Egypt, at least we had food. In Egypt, at least we had... The list goes on and on and on. And you want to know why God got so angry with them? Because they were complaining. I mean, think about this. That they were complaining after that miraculous, unbelievable, spectacular deliverance. And now they're complaining that they want to go back into bondage. I'm not going back. Are you going back? I'm not going back. I've, listen, I've seen too much and I've heard too much and I've experienced too much to go back. It's too late now. <laughs> It's like that. When, the, when those disciples were walking with Jesus, and they're, they're like, didn't our hearts burn within us when he talked with us along the way? And then they grabbed him, and they were like, please stay with us. Do you know it's the same thing that the guy that got delivered with the 2,000 demons, you know what he wanted to do? He wanted to hang out with Jesus. And listen, what happens is when he begins to deliver you from this and that and that, you want to hang out with Jesus. You want to start holding on to Jesus. Just like that disciple that leaned on his chest at the table. He, he wanted to be with Jesus. He wanted to be next to Jesus. He wanted to be around Jesus. He is the key to freedom. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and not mine. And that, that, isn't, that where, isn't that where the battle line is drawn? Is the will? Jesus said the same thing. Father, not my will be done, but yours be done. So in the process of us being delivered from the power of darkness and conveyed into the kingdom of light, he asks us to operate with a new mindset, a new way of thinking. Kingdom thinking. Which is complete opposite of what you've been taught. Isn't it interesting that the world's teaching is the complete opposite of kingdom teaching? I've said this a hundred times. Pastor John, always you say, it's an upside-down kingdom. kingdom thinking, heavenly thinking. In essence, he wants us to start thinking like he thinks. Do you know in the Bible it says, we have the mind of Christ. When you have the Holy Spirit move into you, he brings the mind of Christ with him. And he says, now I need to teach you how to operate within this new mind. And we can at any second, any minute, any day, we can go back if we want to. We can go back to the old way of thinking. We can go back to the old habits. We can go by the old cravings. We can do all that stuff. But we have the mind of Christ. We have an anointed mind. And I know this is a positional truth. This is something that he told us that we have. The same thing as we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. He says these things. And then he says, now I'm going to work this out for you in this walk on this earth. I'm going to begin to show you what this really means. I'm going to begin to show you what it means to operate in heavenly places. I'm going to show you what it means to sit with me in heavenly places. And the awesome thing is we can go in anytime we want. I love that thought. It doesn't have to be here on Sundays. It doesn't have to be on Wednesdays. It doesn't have to be anytime you want to. Think how he thinks. And in Colossians 3, it starts in verse 1, and this is what it says. It says, if you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Seek those things which are above. Isn't it interesting that when um, God curse the devil. What did he say? You're going to start crawling on the ground. You're going to eat dust. That's his destiny. That's not my destiny. 
I'm not going to crawl through this earthly realm and eat dust and, and this natural Adamic thought life, this patterns. I'm not going there. I'm, he's given me a new mind. He's given me the mind of Christ. My thinking is now higher. Now I'm looking, uh, I'm looking from this part down. I'm not looking down, up. Does that make sense? Seek those things which are above where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. Natural thinking, Adamic thinking. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. It's hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are here on earth. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This idea of you being hidden with Christ and God, there's going to be a time where you come out of hiding. <laughs> it's called metamorphosis. We're going to get into this idea of a glorified body. Going from this earthly, mortal body that is subject to all types of things. And coming into a glorified body, going from a caterpillar to a butterfly. <laughs> and I talked about that idea of the temple of Moses being an example of the human body, so to speak. And then here's the human body, which we live in uh, mortally. And then the idea of moving into immortality. And it's as different as that tent is from that human body to that glorified body. Those gaps... Can you imagine somebody in, the, in, a, in a dimension, like the sixth or seventh dimension, trying to explain to somebody what, a, what, a, what, a, what the first dimension looks like? I always, I always think about the idea of John on the island of Patmos when he was, God opens up the heavens and he's like, check this out, John. And John is like, he's trying to like explain everything that's going on. That's why when you read the Revelation, there's times where you're like, I don't know what it, well, you know, when he was writing it down, he probably didn't either. <laughs> He's just like writing it down. He's like writing stuff that he saw and blah, blah, blah. This is heavenly things. Can you imagine? He opens up. Therefore, put to death your members which are here on earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. <laughs> but now you yourselves are supposed to put off these things, anger and wrath and malice and blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed, what? In knowledge. In knowledge. You know what that is? That's revelation. That's knowing. That's knowing. There's, there's nothing going to unlock it but this stuff. God has created this in such a way where he's given us his word. He's given us his word. He's given us his word so that we can just move into another, another level of freedom, move into another level of victory, move into another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according, according to the image of him who created him. Say, so why is this important? In 1 Corinthians 3, Paul has to address the church here, and he has to say some stuff that, that isn't easy to say. 
to this group of people. But he says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, this is 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 4, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're not able to, for you are still carnal. He's, t- he's telling this to people that are saved. I want you to hear this. And this is, what, this is where we don't want to get caught up in. For where there is envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? (laughs) God expects more out of us. He expects us not to act like mere men, mere women. He actually, he expects us to operate in a higher realm, in a higher level, in in the heavenly, in heavenly places. For one says, I am a Paul, and another, I am a Paulus. Are you not carnal? And I want you to understand that, that Paul poured his heart and his energy and his time into this church. And he came back and he had these, these, these ideas of these things going wrong and he had to address them. And his heart was torn apart having to address them. The word carnal literally means fleshly minded under the control of animal appetites. Governed by human nature, not by the spirit of God. You can see why he was so frustrated. Because, listen, Paul was getting beat, and he was getting stones thrown at him, and he was going through all this stuff. He's like, I am not wasting my time. I have to go back there, and I have to come back, and I have to say, listen, why are you going back into the flesh realm when God has delivered you from darkness into light? Now operate according to the light and not the darkness. He was frustrated. And he had to, and he had to bring this to them. And it happens to people. And what God does not want us to do is for the church to operate like the world and look like the world. Because how is anybody going to get set free? If we are doing the same things that the world is doing, we're operating in the same mindset the world is. He's like, I need to pull you out of that, get you higher, get you to think higher, so that now you can usher in and speak deliverance and freedom to people. Y'all are quiet. In Romans 12, this is one of the scriptures that absolutely revolutionized my thinking. And I know a lot of the stuff is basic, but sometimes we have to have this put in front of us. Because <laughs> we have this tendency to forget. It says, I beseech you, this is Romans 12, you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your, I love this, reasonable service. He's like, let us reason together. It's like, so I died for you. I rose again. And I'm sitting in a place of power and authority. And I've given you that power and authority. It's reasonable now for you to die to the flesh. It's actually reasonable for us to put forth, to institute, to actually follow through what, for what Jesus died for. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And this is, the, this, is the one, this is one of the scriptures that absolutely turned my life upside down. And don't be conformed to the world. The, the word conformed literally means to fashion. Isn't it interesting when you think about fashion? Are the same shoes popular today that, were, that they were five years ago? Are, think, about, think about clothing lines. Is, are you... Uh, 
those of you in high school, are you fine with just wearing whatever was popular 12 years ago? So fashion, fashion has this, fashion has the cycle where the next thing the media puts in front, the next thing advertising puts in front, it's the new fashion. The new fashion. So everybody looks at the new fashion and says, oh, I'm gonna grip onto it, I'm gonna wear that, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna do that. The enemy's no different. So the en- enemy presents old stuff. Isn't it interesting that the 80s stuff came back? <laughs> you know what I mean? If you were to study fashion, you would see that things that were popular back in the day, they always resurface and recycle because nothing's really new. It's just, it's just, and the enemy works in the same way where he just brings up old stuff. He regurgitates the same stuff. You know, this idea of new age came out. New age wasn't anything new. It was just occultic. It was witchcraft. It was... And it was presented on a new platter. <laughs> but he has a way of fashioning things and making them look popular, just like we, he fashioned the apple. And he said, look, isn't it, isn't it good for the eyes? It's probably going to taste good. So he comes in these ways. But it says, so don't be conformed or don't run in the fashion of the world prevailing style is what that word actually means to fashion to another's pattern but be transformed the word transformed is metamorphosis it's literally a caterpillar going into a butterfly he says but be transformed go from one form to another one form to another to change into one form from another a caterpillar to a butterfly By what? The renewing of your mind. And the next thing, that you can prove. Ah, proof is good. (laughs) See, when this stuff begins working in your life, and many of you know this, that it's working in your life, boy, it's time to latch on. It's like momentum in a game or momentum in a contest or something. It's almost like, hey, we can win. Uh, you feel that? We, we can win. And there's something that happens with this momentum. And it, ha- it can happen in Scripture. Where you start to taste and see that the Lord is good. And you want more. And you want more. And you want more. And you want more. And you get up into worship. And you're like, man, I came up on the outside of that worship session. And something happened. There was a chain that dropped. Something's different. I came out of that Bible study. And something's different. supposed to work like this. This stuff works. Yes. That you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And what is he saying? I need to line your mind up with my mind. I need to line your body up with my body. I need to line your spirit up with my spirit so we can make a straight line it's called the highway of the Lord, the highway of holiness. So we don't have to be like the Israelites who went around that mountain over and over and over and over. And an 11-day journey took years and years and years and years because they could not come out of those habits and not come out of those addictions and not come out of that stuff. We proclaim today that those are broken. This isn't just going to come by word. This is going to come in power. We proclaim today that these cycles of thinking, I'm, I'm speaking to you now. Some of you that have had 
things passed down through your bloodline. Your great-great-grandfather was a warrior. Your great-grandfather was a warrior. Your your grandfather was a warrior. Your dad was a warrior. He worried and he worried and worried. And now you find yourself worrying all the time. Do you know you're affected by generations before you? And there's sometimes where you come up into your life and you're like, why did I do that? Why did I act like that? Why did I, why can't I get out of this? Why can't I? Sometimes you get into cycles of something called iniquity, which is generational curses passed down from person to person to person to person. Do you know that my, my grandfather went through shock treatment for depression and ended up basically an invalid within months of him going through that? Severe depression. My mother came into the same thing got addicted to prescription medication, guess what I did? I watched the whole thing happen, and some of it was social, where I saw it happening, and I just was, I just learned things, and I did things, but some of it was through blood. The good news for you today is the blood of Jesus Christ, who was shed on the cross, has now become your freedom, has now become your life. So any generational curse that's in this house today is broken. It's as simple as this. And it is through his power and his authority that these things are broken. You will not repeat the things of your past. You will not repeat the things of your ancestors. And we're speaking this out right now into the atmosphere. That you will not repeat these addictions. You will not repeat this anxiety. You will not repeat this depression. You will not repeat this sickness. Whatever sickness has been handed down through a generational curse has to go right now in the name of Jesus. And this is his name and his power and his authority. This has nothing to do with us or me. This is his power and his authority and his blood. Everything that's not of him has to go. It has to go in the name of Jesus. Y'all can stand. Y'all can stand. The worship leaders want to come up. Don't be conformed to the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind through the revelation that the Holy Spirit brings. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And Jesus won the battle. He won the battle. He defeated the prince of the power of the air. He defeated the God of this age. And he has provided a highway or a pathway for us now to operate in heavenly thinking, to be heavenly minded. If you do it the right way, if you're heavenly minded, you don't come into that place where you're no earthly good. If you actually operate truly, being heavenly minded, you are a huge benefit to the earth. In fact, if enough people can come into this place of being heavenly minded, they will turn the world upside down. Absolutely upside down. And this is not just happening in this house here today. This is happening in houses of worship. Not just buildings like this, but in homes all across the world. God is moving. I'm telling you, deliverance, radical, radical deliverance is here. Radical deliverance is coming for your family. Radical deliverance where you're going to hear and you're going to say, what? This person is in their right mind. What? That thing that they've been struggling with for 20 years disease-wise has now broken off them. What? Where did the cancer go? What? Where did that go? Where did it go? It went back to the pit where it belongs. Heaven on earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
And we just thank you. We worship you. And there was a, just a spirit of worship in this house today. And we just want to continue that on. There was a spirit of thanksgiving in this house today. And we just thank you, God. And we worship you in this house today. And number one thing we do is we glorify the King of kings and Lord of lords. We glorify the Savior. And we say, you are high and lifted up. We thank you that the battle was won. And we pray this victory come to earth and be magnified in the earth. Waves and waves and waves and waves of people being saved. Waves and waves of people being delivered. Waves and waves and waves of people being set free. Groups, cities, regions, states, countries. We ride in on your power. We ride in on your name. We ride in on your authority because we know it is all about you and what you did. And we seal all this if the prayer people want to come up. We seal all this in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are our guarantee. That Holy Spirit, you'll seal this word and let it sit in us and let it burn in us. Thank you for the renewed mind. We thank you for the mind of Christ. We thank you that you've given us the power through the Holy Spirit to have a higher place of thinking. We don't have to think like the earth thinks. We don't have to think like the world thinks. We think supernatural, heavenly, the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray all these things.